0: You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domasiewicz.
1: Back from Tennessee, baby. Back recording the scrimmage. I'm peaking already. Ooh, I'm already just blowing <laughs> out the microphone. Sorry about your eardrums. There. think you. Just there. pegged on Justin's <laughs> microphone. I think I did. <laughs> um, also, if you're watching the video, apparently I didn't think about this beforehand. Let's go!
2: Let's go! Let's go! go Hurry! <laughs> Hurry! This hurt. happened once while you were
1: gone. <laughs> Daniel distracted me. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, if you're watching, uh, if you watch our videos. Um, I didn't think about this. I was thinking I'd have a news desk situation like Justin does mm-hmm. where he could be wearing no pants, which <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you don't know, but you can see that I'm wearing pajama pants while I'm doing this. But yeah, I'm back. Welcome back. I'm <laughs> glad to have you. <laughs> Woo! Got a fun show for you today, even though there's, gosh, I missed a bunch, but we'll, uh, we'll catch up and we got a lot of good high school stuff to talk about today. And we're also going to talk about some XFL
2: and we'll mix in some pro basketball stuff. Yeah, so let's get it going with the two minute drill. Let's
1: go, let's go, let's go. up! You gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three Jet Buckeye, don't worry.
0: The two minute drill starts now.
1: Well, Justin Duke defeated North Carolina on Saturday in an overtime thriller. That must have hurt. That was at the Dean Dome, and thanks in part to a controversial call or non call near the end of regulation. Justin, did the Tar Heels get hosed?
2: Well, the f- it was a terrible non-call, and even Jay Billis admitted it on the broadcast, and he's no, a
1: total dookie,
2: he so you is know a huge it was a missed call, <laughs> and it made a big difference. But does it count as getting hosed when you piss away a 12-point lead <laughs> with three minutes left because you stop playing defense? Yikes. I don't think they got hosed. I think they just stink. And they played above themselves for almost an entire game, and then... When, as soon as Vernon Carey, which is Duke's star center, fouled out of the game, which you'd think be a, would be a great thing, Trey Jones took over and the Tar Heels had zero defenders that could keep him from getting into the paint and laying the ball up. They were scoring in five seconds almost every possession.
1: Yikes. I will mention that my Oregon State Beavers did knock off number 14, Oregon, this week. That was nice. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> On air.
2: The Golden State Warriors shipped off D'Angelo Russell in a trade deadline deal, which they received former number one pick Andrew Wiggins, a.k.a. Maple Jordan. Daniel, how will Wiggins fit in with the Splash Brothers next season?
1: Oh, man, I'm not even sure if he's going to get the shot or if they're going to turn him over for more first-round picks because apparently everybody just loves throwing their first-round picks at the Golden State Warriors so they can continue to build super teams. This drives me absolutely bonkers that somehow the Golden State Warriors have figured out how to continually build and grab stars and everybody just keeps letting them do that you don't think that they could have traded Andrew Wiggins to someone else or figured out another trade partner no let's keep building up the Warriors I honestly like I said I'm not sure if Wiggins is going to be with them next year but what a perfect situation for him to be because he is a driver slasher of a player to then play with the Splash Brothers on the outside. That is absolutely perfect for him. Justin, which is more likely to happen first? North Carolina basketball makes it... What? What is with all these North Carolina questions? I wrote them. Oh, okay. Is it North Carolina makes it to the NCAA tournament or Washington State football earns a bowl game <laughs> invitation? I just
2: read it for the first time. <laughs> this, this Actually, this question came from our pal Ian, and I think he was trying to yeah. mess with me because I've been trolling him on Facebook constantly saying, hey, get used to 4-8, and eight, you Cougar fan. Yeah. I mean He's honestly i snapped back at you A couple times he been no, pretty good Oh big time But North Carolina Is not making the tournament This year And chances are Even if you have A losing record The Cougars are probably Going to get a bowl invitation So I would say Well you
1: have to have You have to have six five, wins 500 I thought no. you had to be Oh you have you have it's to just have Six wins, wins. Oh, gotcha. You can go six and seven Get invited to a bowl Which they probably
2: will if they can manage to win more than five years. I don't
1: like your attitude. <laughs> and they also would be entertaining. They're always an entertaining team. So
2: between these two, I'm going to go Washington State football bowl game. You're welcome, Ian. Yikes. Daniel, the XFL just finished its inaugural weekend. Will the, leagues, leak? Will the league
1: survive <laughs> long enough to crown a champion on April 26th? Oh, yes. I do think they will make it through the first season. From what I've heard... They have a decent amount of cash that they can throw into this, so I think they're going to survive one season. Unlike the AFL, I really hope so, because honestly, it was fun to watch some football this last Saturday, and it was fun to watch the Seattle Dragons. Uh, see a couple of familiar names out there. There's more familiar ex-Seahawks practice squad type guys, but also guys who had a little bit of a little bit of run with the regular squad too. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was fun watching football and. The rule changes, so far I'm in favor of all of them. Like It makes it different and interesting. And the main thing is, they know how to run a replay.
3: Oh my <laughs> gosh.
1: It was amazing to watch an instant replay that actually functioned correct correctly when changing a call on the field. It was a little late on the buzzer there. I'm like, was it last week that you got cut short? Uh, he did it on purpose. He didn't, purpose have, he didn't he, have anything interesting to say. <laughs> he got
2: he buzzed
1: me on purpose because he was <laughs> mad at me for something I said.
0: It was no. It was about the question. <laughs> he
1: was mad at me about the question. Real real quick before we move into story time, I know we all didn't get a chance to just sit down and watch the Dragons game like we are usually able to consume NFL and the Seahawks. But I tried to do my the best I could on Saturday to watch that game, and I watched. Probably most of it. I missed a couple of different things. Some things I like about the team. I think they're entertaining. I think having the coaches mic'd up and you can always hear what they're saying, including their play call so that you can hear the play call before the play, and the analysts are like, oh, that's a run player, that? oh, that's is there
2: this. Is like, a 10-second delay on the
1: I have no idea. Broadcast? Like, how did they not have people cheating already? How I mean, Belichick would Astros? eat that for is, lunch.
0: Was this not an Astros situation? No, Daniel, actually, Belichick is really hoping they don't include that in the <laughs> NFL because it'll get rid of his advantage. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent
1: point. Anybody would be able to do it. But what did you feel of... what? did you like about what you did see of it because i was entertained i liked watching it and i hope that it continues
2: well as a guy who watched about two minutes of the third quarter of the seattle dragons game in a pizza parlor with no sound i would say my number one takeaway was that i really hate their helmets i think their uniforms kind of stink and i'm not in love with the color scheme but the helmets are really cartoony and I, i just like a much cleaner look
1: I actually, it's weird because I think the helmets are the best part of the I think the uniform. helmets are dumb. I Th-
2: thought that their helmets
0: were a cleaner look. Well, then you're dumb. Like it's, <laughs> it, it definitely it's not isn't a clean modern look. It's super looking, busy. But it's, no, it's just the it's logo on the side the of the helmet.
2: Yeah, yeah which, but it's huge. I don't know if
0: you've seen like the Jacksonville Jaguars two-tone oh, helmets. yeah. I hate That's those. busy. Those are, ugh. They don't do those anymore. I think they got rid of those this year. Good. Yeah, those agreed. They gross. They were awful. Ugh. But I just, I, I didn't, I don't love them, but I, I thought it was funny but when you were saying it was too busy, and I, I was just like, don't I thought it was like a, a, I don't a simple l- classic logo.
2: I don't like something that looks like a cartoon on
1: television. You know, I don't like the that. worst part is they, those are all of the logos in the XFL. Do you ever remember Create a Team in Madden? Mm-hmm. Those are the same logos. Are they? Those are the exact same logos <laughs> you not can the pick. They're the exact same. They're darn close. <laughs> They're similar. I can go find they have them. A, I, I, they use should, I have no idea why they did not just say, hey, you're an artist, you want money, create a logo for this team. Instead, they're just like, let's go find some clip art and slap this super generic stuff all over. There's the actually place. You, websites you can go to you where you can get somebody this, to create Daniel, stuff for you for like 50 bucks. And yes. when
0: you said that, <laughs> I I don't think that's what they did. But what I think you're seeing is, and, and look, after you said that, I was looking at and I was like, it's... It all looks old and it, it looks like it's from the 90s. And I don't know if that was on purpose, but I, I want to say it has to be on purpose. They have to be going for a, like a like a like to appeal to the <laughs> uh, to that sort of feeling of like a little bit older. Because their their uniforms also are they're not they don't look modern yeah like they don't look like the the no. ducks uniforms like we saw with the A A F L yeah it's, it much was more... the A F the A A F we got oh, that wrong last night sorry right. you're right my bad
1: uh, what are you making faces sorry about? I'm trying not to type loud Dan- <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing clicking right now Daniel is using his keyboard and making
0: terrified
1: faces <laughs> because <laughs> okay.
2: it sounds so heavy why does it dog, sound so dog,
3: heavy dog, dog, dog,
1: dog, dog, dog. Dude, I'm telling you. You
0: sure probably shouldn't punch the keyboard like that.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, they look so much like the clip art from the created teams <laughs> in the mid-2000s <laughs> on Madden. It's nuts. Like, there is even one that has a sword. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the Claiborne's logo from Madden 2007. Because remember, I was the weird kid who would just create teams <laughs> constantly and, like, well, run the simulation so they'd be bad and then actually get to do my own drafts. So I am very familiar with them. I wouldn't so. mind
0: if they expand with a uh, with a uh, arachnids. There team. we go. That yeah. was our that was our uh, yes multi Super Bowl winning
1: franchise. In it college. was when uh, Andrew and I did the same <laughs> create a team, and we also created. Two offensive players and two (laughs) defensive players that we could just run around and wreck things with. Congratulations. Anyway, what I mentioned briefly, though, in the two-minute drill was the use of the instant replay system. Now, I've heard Andrew told me that in one of the other games it got kind of sloppy because whoever was doing it in that game wasn't that efficient and kept forgetting, like, oh, I need to figure out then where the ball is spotted. But in the Seattle Dragons game, it was super efficient. And it was like, hmm, that's a questionable spot. Let's review it. And the Sky Judge guy up in the booth and they had the video monitor behind him looking at these shots. And the shots they had weren't exquisite. They weren't the 9,000 angles of an NFL game where you could piece together pretty much the inch that the ball should be at. And yet they still get it wrong. It wasn't that great. And the guy went, oh, yeah, he's easily a half yard past the first down marker. And the official, which, and you can hear this whole conversation, was like, oh, so at the three and a half? Yep. Okay, you good with that? Yep. All right, let's go. And then just switched it like that. It was common sense, instant replay review, and it was beautiful. And you got to see the whole thing happen, not, well, they're going to go to New York to these magical wizards who, go to no, commercial. who never get to figure things out. Also, will go to commercial so nobody can see the angles until after the choice has been made. And then it'll come back that the spot didn't change, which is insane because you're saying that a dude running from 10 yards behind the play spotted the ball... Exactly, correctly. That is my biggest frustration with spot the ball challenges in the NFL. Yeah. If it doesn't change the first down, yeah, they say nope, inconclusive evidence, and they just put it back where it is, and you're like, well, it should have moved a little bit. There's no <laughs> like, way they got get that it, perfect. Then it's,
0: then it's a quarter yard. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: at least change it. Don't tell <laughs> me that. That drives me nuts. Like it's there's... like with the Jimmy Graham thing, in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Did he have the first down? Maybe. Was it where the ball was spotted? No. Absolutely. I think he did not. not have the first down. I don't think he did either, but you know, they came That's out my unbiased and, opinion. and they showed the yellow line was wasn't quite correct. And so everybody was tweeting out, oh yeah, well, all you Seahawks fans, look at where the yellow line is. If it a wasn't tweet right. starts
2: with all you Seahawks fans, just keep scrolling. Exactly.
1: Seriously. <laughs> but that so I thought there were some fun things with the XFL and, and seeing Jim Zorn coach. I thought it was kind of cool. He looks Doesn't, like a
2: librarian. He did. Doesn't there have to be a point, back to the ball spotting thing really briefly, where with all the technology that we have, we can come up with something a little bit better than an unathletic old guy with glasses telling you where the ball landed in exactly. high
1: speeds? And usually they start yeah. at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So if there's a yeah a quick, 15 yard pass and
2: don't they have a special official on the, the field that's only job is to spot the ball
1: in the XFL yeah, yeah the XFL I heard I heard has
2: added
0: an official yeah. whose job is to spot the ball yeah yeah
2: it, which is it's
0: the pace of play is another huge difference in the XFL right. quick. It, it was it quick. was so quick and well, it was they
2: shortened the play clock by 15 seconds shortened yeah. the, the play the clock
1: and they make this it, is what the Seahawks need. They also made it so the headsets never turn off. <laughs> yeah. And they can talk to all of the skill position players. Yeah. So there there's no that's what so the So in theory you need. could have a
2: head coach or an offensive coordinator telling your quarterback, Look left, so and so's <laughs> open. Look left, hit Argrove well, on the fly. We, I think we... it cuts
0: off at the snap, doesn't it? I don't know. Not I, in the XFL. It I read doesn't cut off. Okay, I read I, that... I read that it doesn't cut off or I I have heard that it does not cut off but they're talking when they're talking about that they're comparing it to college where it cuts off with 15 seconds to go or the the NFL. NFL the NFL where it cuts off 15 seconds before the end of the clock
1: yeah. so it's all the way through the play clock then yeah okay it's so all the way
0: through the play clock
2: I don't on the know. radio they were doing an interview with one of the guys who is one of the, I can't remember which one it was. Um, Kurt Manafy, maybe I can't remember. They're doing an inter- interview with one of the guys who is one of the commentators, uh-huh. and he said, "In theory, you could have a coach giving player an instruction during a play." Okay, so, wow. so unless he got it wrong, all, unless wow. he got it wrong,
0: that um, makes sense. Then that's crazy. Yeah, don't throw it.
1: No,
3: <laughs> I feel <laughs> like you you'd know being being immediately. what you your imagine? Coach me,
1: was upset with you? Could you imagine <laughs> being the quarterback <laughs> throwing like like that? Was the worst part about the Dragons? Is I saw the final score. And I saw one of the highlights of D.C. scoring a touchdown, and I was like, oh, man, our defense isn't very good. And then I realized that <laughs> D.C. scored two defensive touchdowns and a pump block for a touchdown. So, really, they only gave up 11 points. They lost 31 to 19. But throwing those pick sixes, like, you're the quarterback. You're like, oh, that guy looks open. Throw it. And your coach is just like, No. <laughs> <laughs> you're running to try and catch the guy who just picked <laughs> the ball off. And
2: then if you're the coach, you... you tell your quarterback, no, no, don't tackle him, no.
0: Well, I don't know oh, if you're going to throw two pick sixes. Yeah, uh, the other thing, tackle hard.
2: The other XFL thing I thought was interesting is they've talked a lot about average salary. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like in the fifty-five dollars to $80,000 range. But I also heard very recently, like within the last few days, guys coming out and saying quarterbacks are making 10 times the amount of money that most players are making so in theory if wow. a lot of guys are making fifty thousand most of your starting quarterbacks are gonna be more up in the like four to five hundred thousand dollar range hey especially I mean, if it's a high profile guy because they i don't know
1: about you but I play football for fifty
2: thousand yeah well and because the theory behind that is because that's the only way to attract quarterbacks that are worth anything yeah and the only way you're gonna get people to watch is if you attract quarterbacks specifically that are exactly. worth anything yep
1: yeah that's so it's also interesting that the winning team of every game gets an extra $100,000 to split in the 43-man roster. Yeah, that's a cool little bonus. Yeah, that's a nice little... It's I think it's around $24,000 or $2,400 per player. And that's a nice little... I mean you can understand why people are celebrating every game. Also if your team really is trash, you're gonna still fight in that last game to get that extra game check bonus. Yeah. Oh, now I'm the squeaky chair. You know,
2: I don't think I'd play for fifty thousand dollars a year.
1: I would. Because
2: I just That's, played I just played football for like an hour with some kids on the beach <laughs> and my <laughs> hips are so sore that I can hardly walk.
1: Yeah. See I Well that'd be a raise <laughs> for me, so I'm, yeah. i yeah. For just, for half a season's what, they play like eight games?
2: Yeah, that's they played for it's like a, three or four months. Re, okay, that's fair. It's a really <laughs> condensed season. And
0: not, not only that, do you still get paid if you break your leg? Probably. <laughs> not only that, but I could probably still work. Boom! <laughs> I could probably still work mornings. You're at really UPS. good at getting injured. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: make it. I'll make it five or six games and then be done. To cash that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, I think that's enough. I mean, we'll watch more. I'm gonna watch more. I'm kind of excited to have football still. And I think that if they can somehow make this work where you see a development somewhat, you see some of these players in the NFL, yeah, the, I the, would love that. The next Seattle Dragons game is,
0: is 2 o'clock on Saturday in Seattle against the Tampa Bay Vipers, who scored three points.
1: Oh, so we uh, should win that uh, one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: they they moved the ball a bunch, Already but they just we, absolutely
1: yeah. could not... Uh, could not get into the end zone so yeah and we'll also when we all watch we'll have more to talk about all the weird rules and stuff that we see and how those come into play personally i'd go for three every time but anyway let's uh move on to a little bit of story time here because whenever justin goes to a tournament someplace you have some uh fun youth sports shenanigans it seems like and this is in seaside which i also have a story that i can yeah. Uh, talk a little bit after you share yours. I,
2: I think uh, I hope everyone finds this as interesting as I do because to me the dynamic of youth sports in our society in general right now is really interesting because because of the high level of intensity I guess that even kids at a really young age and I'm talking about this is a fifth grade tournament so most of these kids are ten and eleven years old mm-hmm. and actually there was a few fourth grade teams in this tournament as well. Um, you know, just as with every tournament that you play in, the officiating was at times bad and at best inconsistent. Yeah, you're you get know, that. The the way that I had encouraged the kids to respond to it or at least any of them that I talked to was, "Hey, it's your job. It's your coach's job to talk to the officials and deal with the officials." Yeah. It's your job to adjust to the way the game is being officiated. So if they're letting a lot of stuff go, you have to respond to that by being more physical. Exactly. Because if the other team is more physical and you still play normal passive, then you're going to get boat raced. Yes. And if the officials are calling a lot of little stuff, you got to be a little bit more tentative. Otherwise, you're all going to foul out. Yep. And so we had a couple of games. Our first game was really good. We played against a team we were way better than, and we just... Totally crushed them, and all three of the rest of the games were were really competitive. I think all of them were decided by six or less points. Nice. Um, So we had two games in a row: the second game on Saturday and the first game on Sunday that were they let a lot of stuff go, a lot of physical play, but they were pretty consistent in letting that stuff go. And then in the final two minutes of the game when it was close, they started calling. Fouls and more. They were stricter on travels and things like that when we were in that like close competitive end of game mode. Yeah. And then we went into our final game on Sunday, and we're one and two at this point. So like we're not playing for second or third or even fourth place. You know, we're in a pool of ten teams, and you know this this is a game that we're all just trying to finish strong. The kids are exhausted. The parents are exhausted. The coaches are probably exhausted. It's been a fun.
1: Been down in Seaside for two days. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. Been down a there. fun long yeah. weekend, and we had a
2: really good time. Um, and we played against a team with some coaches that were really, really serious.
1: Oh. And some fans. did they have like the kids and like all the f- fancy warm ups and doing like super complex dribbling no, drills to warm up?
2: Not, in, they weren't sophisticated <laughs> in their play. Their coaches struck me as guys who were losers that are trying to overcompensate <laughs> for the fact that they were losers in their lives by being ultra intense. Yeah. Not that I felt like their kids were extremely disciplined or their team was amazing. They had one player that just totally controlled the game. Mm-hmm. And he if he was not on the floor, we would have annihilated them, but he was really good. But these coaches were just out of control. Yeah. And this this game was officiated much tighter than the last two that we had had. We had officials that were actually trying to make all the calls, which I appreciate in general. Like, they're trying to make the calls the way the game is supposed to be called. And, you know, we we have a fan. uh, I've mentioned this before on the show, but we have a group of kids that my son plays with that's a great group of kids, and I love them. All the parents all get along really well. We had a great time hanging out at the beach uh, in between games, and it's just I really like our coach. Everything's cool about it. I felt like s- sometimes our fans get a little excited, but we were all exhausted. Like, we weren't even, <laughs> even those of us who are generally louder, we weren't uh,
1: really doing much of anything. At that point, you're like, ah, oh, he just got his legs taken out. Exactly.
2: But Who and, cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind, uh, of, kind of. But also, like I said. Build character. At least, <laughs> At least part of it was, <laughs> it was hard to really nitpick what they were doing because I felt like they were officiating the game pretty well. Yeah. But this other team had two coaches that were kind of in my age range, maybe a little younger, that were constantly screaming at the officials. They were really intense with the kids, not to the point where they were like you know verbally abusive or anything, but they were just out of control with the way they were talking. Yeah. They also had a couple of dads or you know fans that were coaching from the stands, and two guys in particular on shoot their it, side. Show it, Jimmy. Jimmy, showed it. A little bit of that. Jimmy. Jimmy, showed it! You gotta run the floor! Block out! You know, it's the kind of stuff that I yell to, also. But they were... These guys were also really harping on the refs. And there was a point in the game where when you got a couple of guys in the stands that are doing this, you got two coaches that are doing this in a way that's really over the top. I mean, it, it, it was excessive. And both officials were getting frustrated. And there was one guy who... He was an older guy. He just kind of struck me as like, I'm an old dad. I want to officiate games and have fun. He had been over and joking around with us before the game was over. Seemed like a pretty good guy. Yeah. And he went over to the stands and he was like, hey, I've told you several times that you need to be quiet to the fan in the stands. Yeah. And he's like, you don't get to talk to me. The coach can talk to me. You don't get to talk to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a warning right now. And if you say anything else to me, then you're out of here. He turns around, the fan immediately says something. I don't know (laughs) what he said, but it was, like, instant. If he had waited five minutes and then said something again, I don't know if it would have been different, but he got run. So he got kicked out of the game. (laughs) Yes. And he kind of stared down the official as he was
1: leaving. Mean-mugged him. Yeah.
2: And this was a close game. It was, like, two, three points all the way down.
1: Loser's bracket. Yes. Just, like. You're just getting your games, your money's worth at this point,
2: right. And actually, like on the floor, the game was clean. like their kids played really hard. Yeah, I felt like they did a good job trying to do things the right way. they They weren't in any way dirty or overly physical or anything like that. It was just a really good, clean game. and they had one player that was amazing. But they have one coach on their team who I feel like he felt he felt that it was his job to advocate for his team in an extremely dramatic and over the top way. Constantly. I'm tell- I'm saying, I don't want to overstate this, but it was like every possession on both ends of the floor. He was screaming about something. He was throwing his hands up. He's spinning around. He's pacing back and forth. He kept doing this thing where he was like, he'd throw his hands up and yell and then storm off towards the door and then walk <laughs> back. And at one point, the official turned around and he, he had kind of walked towards the door and the official was like, no, just go and stay out.
1: And he yes. kicked him out of the game. That's the best way to eject somebody
2: ever. And then, after he was out of there, he Keep tried going. to come back in, and the official said, no, you leave now. And so a few of the parents from the stands had to get up and walk over with him and kind of like usher him out the door. dang. And we're at the like we're all watching this from our side. like can, can we just have an uneventful game to finish the yeah. weekend? It'll be nice, it'll be fun, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't. it's not a big deal. Yeah. And then their coach that's remaining at 1 point and I want to say there's like maybe 12 minutes left in the game and he brings the kids into a huddle during a timeout and we can all hear him. The gym's pretty quiet and he says, "Hey, you guys, look at that scoreboard. That this game should not be as close as it is right now." And he's like scolding and berating these kids on the court because it's a, like a 1 point game and it's close. Wow. And at this point, and our, these are 10-year-olds. Yeah. And their fan base was totally quiet. Their fan base said basically nothing. The fans on our side, when he said that, and we can all hear him, we were like, come on, dude, what is wrong with you? Just let them play the game. And then at the end of the game, (laughs) they beat us. They beat us by, like, four points. Yeah. And, you know, our kids are all coming off the floor, and they're exhausted, and they feel defeated, and their season's over, and they just lost, and we're all cheering for them and everything. Not a single cheer from anyone. And they just won. Not a single cheer from a single fan on their side of the stands. (laughs) Wow.
1: You're going to have to tell me where this team was from after the show. I
2: actually don't know because they didn't have a town in their name. They just had a team name, and I don't don't even remember what it was. It wasn't something I recognized. Gotcha. But it was, to me, it's staggering because, you know, when I talked to, I I talked a lot about what's the purpose of why we have kids play sports. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what are the chances that one of our kids is going to go on and play in the NBA? Uh, Basically nothing.
1: 0.1%? Yeah. Maybe. What
2: are the chances that any of these kids 0.1%. are going to go play big-time college ball? It's pretty low. Really Like, low. if you... The point of it is, if you work really hard and decide, hey, I want to do this as long as I can, you know, maybe you can go somewhere and play some college ball, and if you keep working hard, you know, you've got... We've got guys in our... Uh, in the history of our area, like Adam Big Hill who yeah. was amazing at football. You know, couldn't quite get into the the power conference teams, but he he worked his way through at Central and ended up playing in the CFL, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. I mean, there's examples of it. Yeah. But we do this because we want to teach them to work hard, we want to teach them to have good character. Yeah. And so lessons after a game, should not be, wow, man, you guys really got hosed by that, or this or the other thing, or wow, man, you guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. It needs to be sportsmanship, character building.
1: Yes. Overcoming adversity.
2: Overcoming adversity. And when I, I deal see with things feeling. like this, is it's mind-boggling to me
1: that there's so many adults and parents out there that just don't get it. Yeah. No, they're blind to it. Yeah. And I think what you said about the coaches... And your read you got from them? Yeah. Like how... I watched them shoot
2: jumpers with their team during warmups, and I'm telling you these guys were losers. <laughs> you can tell if somebody's a loser or not by how they shoot jumpers. <laughs>
1: you know, it's, it's hard because I think you see a lot of times that syndrome of I wasn't that good or if coach would have put me in... And, you know, all little of that, state. all of those attitudes, you know, cause I mean, Uncle Rico was a parody of some guy. We know that's all, we all know some guy like that. And was that a little overblown? Maybe. I don't know. I've heard some guys talk pretty darn close to that,
3: but it's like
1: <laughs> that attitude to then have a kid and want to live your life and redo your life and your childhood and your athletic career through that kid. Sometimes... It's just insane at how that is taking the precedence over what youth sports should be about. It's like, hey, your kid is an athlete. That's what he likes to do. Every kid is talented in different things. So we want to guide them to have fun in those things that they're talented or that they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. You want to teach them hard work. You want to teach them perseverance you want to teach them character building, like you said, how to work with a team in most, most sports, how to be a leader, whether they're the leader on the team or a leader on the team in various different ways that you can lead. You also want to teach them how to fail and how it's okay to fail and how you pick yourself back up from that. You know, not losing a game shouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You know, there's all of these different great things in sports and in youth sports that you've mentioned and we've talked about, and people just completely miss it with, I need my kid to be the best, and their team always has to win. And it's so hard. So frustrating.
2: It is hard. And I mean, when I worked at the Vidette several years ago, I wrote a column about this, and it was generally sparked by the way I watched some coaches behave during Little League, Uh, not during the league season, but during the All-Star season tournaments, that... I'm like, what a, what is it that we're trying to teach the kids, and why do they play? Mm-hmm. Do they play so that they can watch their parents and their coaches b- have blatant disregard for an authority figure and treat them as subhuman? Yeah, it, do we is that what we want to encourage? And i'll I'm more than willing to admit, when especially in basketball, I get caught up sometimes, and it's hard to not be screaming things onto the court. That's something more than just good job guys, you know, hustle down the floor, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. I am, I'm on the outside looking in right now. Like I lived it as the athlete side Mm -hmm. of it, but I'm nervous. Like I have these conversations with you and I talk to you about, you know, how you're raising your kids and how you're encouraging your kids and in sports. And, I'm nervous, honestly, like how will I react in those situations? How will I help my kids? How will I teach them? How will I, Mm -hmm. you know, guide them and push them when they want to be pushed but also not overwork them or something like that? But also, I mean, my dad is definitely a fiery guy and I have had my issues with that too and getting into the game and you get caught up in it.
2: Because it's well-documented on this show that I've had my own
1: issues Uh, with this. (laughs) It's an interesting discussion, and I love it because it is youth sports. I mean, sports in general, the the sports that we're a fan of at those high levels aren't the best part of sports. Mm -hmm. The best part of sports is the youth sports. Those are fun to, to be entertained by, and I love them. You know, I'm a Seahawks fan. I'm a college football fan, college basketball, NBA, eh, the Blazers, yeah, MLB. You know, the, I'm a fan of those. I like to watch them. I like to see what these amazing players can do. But the main, the best thing about sports to me is the enjoyment that kids can have playing a game. And that's what it is. It's playing a game. And so I think that that is also lost in a lot of this. Right. People get so caught up in the outcomes.
2: And really, it's not even, you know, I had at one point with my older son when he was maybe around 10 or 11, and it was during a baseball season, and I think he was feeling a little deflated and discouraged, and I just had to, like, we went for a walk, and we had a chat, and I was like, I understand that you're frustrated, but if you are finding your value as a human in what's happening on the field then you need perspective Mm -hmm. because you are, you're well liked. You're doing great in school. You work harder than anybody else. You have extremely high character. I can't, you can't be devastated if you strike out. Yeah. Because you need to find your value as a human. You need to find your value as a person in who you are as a person, not what you do on the field. Exactly. And that's the, that's the dangerous line that we tow wanting the kids to be successful, wanting them to know what it's like to work hard for something and feel that success and not pushing them so hard that the ses- success becomes what it's all about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and again, there's that fine line because we we talked about Adam Big Hill. He in my opinion locally is the best example of getting every little ounce out of his talent that he could possibly do every little ounce he was dedicated and driven Mm -hmm. almost to the point where some people would be like you're crazy you don't have a childhood you like or you you don't have the normal high school experience of going to friends houses and going to parties or whatever it is he was so dedicated and driven that some people but if that's what his goals were yeah that's great now forcing that on a kid is where it gets different. You yeah. know, that's what his drive was. That's what his goals were to do that and he did. And I think he got more out of his athletic ability than I like I don't know how he became so amazing without that like the absolute tenacity of hard work. And yet that's another way that you can teach kids is like, yeah, if you want to get everything out of this as possible, I will help you. You know, and you're learning that hard work yeah. and that effort that you want to put in. And, I mean, I, in my opinion, I felt like I worked my butt off a lot in basketball growing up. I didn't put in half the effort that he did. And I was a hard worker. Like, I played my butt off. Mm-hmm. And I felt very fortunate in that I got everything out of my basketball ability to start every varsity game that I played in as a senior. Like, that felt like I maxed out. And yet... Looking back on it and and how much he worked, I'm like, man, I might have left a lot on the table, but I'm not sure if I would change it because basketball yeah. wasn't that for me. Right.
2: Good parents help kids find what their passion is so that working hard for something doesn't feel like, It. I mean, it can feel like hard work, but it doesn't feel overwhelming yeah. and you don't get burned out on it because when you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about... Yeah that work is fun yeah and, and I that, think that's where Adam was when w- during his high school years he was like hey football is my passion football is what I want to do yeah and so he was dedicated to doing everything he could to get there
1: yeah exactly and there's also a different line between what you're passionate at what you're passionate about and what you're good at yeah because I think a lot of times as a parent I'm again I'm not sure about this but seeing other people parent it's like well this kid's good at this so I'm going to make sure he Gets all he can because he's really good at it naturally, and sometimes the kid might not love it that much, and then I mean we've seen it multiple times, in the area, kid gets to a senior year and yeah he's really good, and he's just like yeah I just don't want to play anymore. Yeah, and Heck, so we see that all the way to the NFL. Yeah,
0: guys, guys that are just phenomenal athletes and massively talented, but they just disappear after a couple of years because they
2: they
1: don't have that drive in
2: themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. that passion. They don't love it that much, you know. Yeah.
2: It is also hard as a parent because sometimes you can project what you want on your kids without intending to, mm-hmm. which is something that again, I've been guilty of with my younger son is like I thought I knew what was important to him. Yeah. Instead of actually, you know, putting in the effort to read the signs and figure out what was important to him, I thought I knew. So I nudged him in the direction of things and he never, he hasn't, he hadn't just come out and said, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I think it was because he felt it was important to me. And it's really hard sometimes. to you want to encourage them to do things and you want to encourage them to do things that they're good at, but you can create, other kinds of issues with your kids if you push them into things, even even if it's gentle nudges. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of effort as a parent to really guide your kids into their passions to work hard at things.
1: Yeah. And that's that's huge and something that, again, I'm not a parent yet, but something that I'm really hoping because I loved my life as a kid growing up playing sports. Mm-hmm. And so my natural inclination is like, man, if I have this kid, what sport is he going to be good at? Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what if he doesn't want to play sports? You know, it's some, that's the thought that I've actually had to stop and think. And I'm sure other parents are out there like, yeah. well, yeah, why are you assuming your kid's going to like sports? And I'm like, but that was always my thought growing up. Right. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. I like sports. Yeah. Anyway, the, really quickly, Seaside has a fond place in my heart for all the basketball tournaments I played down there mm-hmm. as well. And I'm not sure if it was the last one. I think it was the last one we played down there. So we were in eighth grade. So 13 years old, 14-ish, I guess. And we were down in Seaside and uh, physical game, but not overly physical, actually. It was, you know, pretty normal game. But our team, my age group was really good at football. The other sports, we had good athletes, but they were all good football (laughs) players. And so we played basketball kind of like that. But we ran up against this one team who had this dude who I'm not sure why he was playing basketball and not wrestling. Like, it's like, dude, go wrestle. Like, you're built like a cube and you're pretty yoked and you have no business trying to dribble a basketball because it's not going anywhere you want to. And it was at the end of a game and one of our better players got the ball in the corner, put up a jumper came back down, and I'm not sure, words were exchanged at some point, and they square up. this eighth grade basketball in the AAU tournament. They square up, and the kid <laughs> tackles my teammate, like, just makes a beeline. Again, wrestle, man. Like, he finally found his calling right there. <laughs> two-leg takedown, puts him on the ground, and then my teammate just starts punching him in the head. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's on the ground <laughs> before we can get, get oh.
1: there and separate them, And that was my first experience with a fight in, you know, so I froze. I'm just like, what is going on? I can't even remember if I was on the bench or in the game. But so kids get separated, you know, pushing, shoving, parents separate kids, lots of yelling, parents back and forth. Uh, the kid who on our team was actually our coach's son. So he's hot. And both kids... You know, the officials, you're out for the tournament. You know, you're out of here. No more tournament. And we had like two or three games left. And the funny thing is, my mom is an excellent videographer when it comes to my sporting events growing up. So she, she has the whole thing on tape. Oh <laughs> so gosh. we went to the tournament director to and you. we showed him the video. And we were like, look. Look. That guy tackled our guy. I think he... Oh, that's what it was. He pushed him, and then they up, squared up. So the yeah. kid pushed my teammate, then they squared up, then the dude tackled him. And so they're like, yeah, he threw punches, but can you blame him? He just got tackled to the ground. And the tournament director was like, yeah, okay, you're back in. <laughs> so after, Thank you, Mrs. Hargrove. Yes. And to this day, we have that video somewhere. I'm going to have to try she and find it. She's definitely the hero of this story. She is. It was awesome. Mom nailed it with she always was like, Oh, I didn't get this or I didn't get that. I'm like, that is the single best moment to have ever captured. <laughs> and it was a great view too, because you can see him like I remember after we showed the tournament director, uh, the kid who on uh, my my teammate and his dad Vertag and he's like, Yeah, did you see those punches I got in? He's <laughs> like, Yeah, you were hitting him right in the head, and I was like Yep, this is hoquiam. We're
2: like, yeah, you know what? It might have been a basketball game, but the best part about that season is when you punched that kid in the head.
1: <laughs> it was that was awesome. We we did not play well, so no, no there was no title game. I just I generally season. feel good just if the games
2: are competitive yeah. because sometimes you go to a tournament, and Maybe. this happened especially with uh, my my older son's team when they were younger. We'd go to tournaments sometimes and just lose every game by 30. Yeah. And that's no fun.
1: Yeah.
3: You know,
2: I can even, I can kind of deal with the losing a little bit if we're in a competitive bracket.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, and that's where it's really interesting to see some of the, like, the tournament selections that you go into. Like, yeah. Seaside, you got to go to Seaside. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of tradition as an A. They have a billion tournaments down there, So and it's the most fun place to go. It's really fun. So you go down to Seaside, you take a bunch of, you know sixth graders down there fifth graders and you have a blast you go to the arcade you go to the beach you do everything and everybody's exhausted like you were saying by the end of the weekend but there's some tournaments out there where i remember being in middle school seventh sixth seventh eighth grade where we were talking to kids and they're like yeah well the other team from our area is down in vegas right now and it's just like excuse me what <laughs> yeah. they're in vegas and they're like yeah they're playing at the you know yes. the diamond 100 tournament and you're like wait they're 13 yeah and they had 10 people who could afford to go to vegas like what the heck and then we had other teams that we would play i remember there's a team from eatonville that we were so intimidated because like i said we had a bunch of football players playing basketball we had a couple of kids that were pretty good and they were like, before the game, everyone was spinning the ball on their finger, like nothing, and doing like tricks, and ball handling drills, and they had shooting shirts and shooting pants on, which we also had, but it was always, we always looked way better than we played, like we were like, <laughs> like why do we have these things? And we were so intimidated. A bunch we're, of yeah. rich hook man jerks. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's ever been said, but... It was it was always a blast. But the interesting thing, when you get into AAU and you get into Babe Ruth and Senior Babe Ruth or travel ball where school's not involved, I think there's a lot more inclination to have fights because you're not getting suspended for school
3: mm-hmm.
1: if something goes on. You're not getting kicked out for the rest of the year. You know, It's like, oh, you're done for the tournament. I mean, I used to hear about Senior Babe Ruth teams that – and legion teams kids gotten like knocked down brawls and i was like holy cow now again nobody really tried to fight our team because we were a team full of football players and so everybody kind (laughs) of steered clear i remember a catcher for our team literally trying to go to batter into starting a fight because that was going to be the most fun we would have i'm hoping times are changing
2: because i haven't run into any of that where like you know players start to have like real physical altercations on the court i hope maybe I hope when so. the kids get a little older in high school and they have more testosterone
1: i i hope that the fights are coming out of it but even but
2: more importantly than that yeah when you used to go to seaside way back then mm-hmm. which is a million years ago
1: now, gosh did they about 16 years ago now did they
2: have the mechanical shark at Sharkies?
1: the mechanical was there shark. a
2: store named Sharkies? Okay, in Seaside now there's a store named Shark.
1: Okay, there might have been. Does it have like a big shark's head that you yeah. walk into? Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: okay. So they have a. Uh, I think it does. Yeah, I think there's a shark's head on the. Daniel's anyway, blocked these memories. They have a. They have a. Okay. Although we were not good. Unfortunately, it's it's like out of uh, commission. Of it's it, it's getting service right now. So they said they're bringing it back in the summer. It wasn't there this time. Okay. But they have a mechanical shark that's like a mechanical bull that you ride that you pay to ride and see how long you can last, and somebody controls it with a yes. joystick
1: that's awesome no, that's so cool was it was like store? our tradition
2: yeah it's like a it's like a little souvenir shop So it's
1: not a bar it's no. a store no yeah. it's
2: like a souvenir shop with t-shirts Dude, and i'm stuff not sure and if there are. is a bar there like seaside right, is well, like a, i was assuming like it
0: wasn't kids tourists that's so there weird <laughs> are, there are like
2: several pub and grill places yeah. where you can go get dinner and drinks yeah and then i think the place that i really like to go to eat there is um, the Seaside Brewery. They have a good restaurant, and they have some really good beer that they brew. Um, but, yeah, Sharky's was like our – it's like our tradition.
1: It's so cool. I love it. That's that awesome. is awesome. Yeah. Ours is we would go down to the arcade and then hit the beach, and we'd play football, like you yes. said. It's like, yeah.
2: I haven't actually do- – that was the first time that we've gone to Seaside that I've played football on the beach. Because sometimes I have subscribed to the theory that, like, if we're in in between game time, I don't want the kids to be, like, exhausted when we go to play into the next game, but also often it's been raining, yeah. and we just happened to have this day that, I mean, it was cold, but it was beautiful and sunny, and, you know, one of the other families was out there playing football, so we joined them, then a couple of other kids showed up, and it ended up being just a big thing where, like, you know, three quarters of our team was there, and all yeah. the parents were hanging out,
1: it was really fun. It's the old pool, hotel pool during an all-star tournament yeah. dilemma, like... All the kids are from especially from our area are like, pool! Yeah. Oh my gosh, we get to go to the pool. And you're yeah. like, Yeah, but you got a game in an hour yeah. and we got ten run in so many games because <laughs> of that. Just like everybody's out there with noodle arms <laughs> like <come on. laughs> What are you doing? But dang, that hotel pool at the guest house in, honest, in, Daniel, in Kelso.
2: Were you gonna win those games if you didn't swim in the pool?
1: Uh you know, our ten year old <laughs> year we took fifth at state. Okay. So then Maybe I don't know. We didn't do well other than that, though. So ten, and that's the weird thing. That's the other thing about me. I talk to other kids, and they have no idea, like, certain games when we were kids. I remember darn near every at bat. Yeah, well,
0: that's been something that that's a that's a skill that you have. That's pretty. I don't think it's insanely unique. Um, I've talked to other people that have it, but you do have an amazing memory for sporting events that you participate in. It's weird. You'll remember. That's part of being really (laughs) (laughs) self-involved.
2: All right. No, he
0: he even remembers what other
2: people are doing.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's true. It's like that dude made three errors. You were.
2: Remember when you dropped that pass? <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff.
1: Come on, stone hands. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anything else you want to get into with, with child sports? Gosh, we went deep there. Yeah, we did. We, we were in well, parenting. We... It was Justin's Parenting I Hour. Know. Is that a new segment we need to start? Yeah. Justin's just your own... <laughs> Parenting Hour. That's probably a whole other podcast. My
2: kids we, are cool, but I think... We need I a jingle it... for that. My kids are really cool, <laughs> but I think it has much more to do with uh, their mother, so... <laughs>
1: Also I'll awesome. get advice Angel from Angel, awesome. and yeah. then
2: she can tell me what to say in the parenting hour.
1: Ooh, I like yeah. this plan. I would love to revisit
2: this at some point.
1: Definitely. Well, I think the youth sports discussion has so many different angles that we can look at it from, and also how different sports are treated different in youth sports too. Mm-hmm. Because there, I mean, with basketball, for the most part around here, I think it generally is a decent sized season. But there's a lot of other sports, especially when you stop looking at this area, but, like, what other areas of doing with, like, year-round baseball or year-round soccer or year-round this. And so, that, sorry, I'm not going to bring all that up right now because that is such a big can of worms. Like, I could talk for another how,
0: three hours how, about it. what age should you be a one-sport athlete?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really? It just really because this is another conversation. I don't want to go way deep on this, but this is another <laughs> conversation that I find interesting because – and I, th- only, I think kids should be encouraged to play multiple sports.
1: Yeah. Sometimes kids don't like yeah, multiple but, sports. But that's the other thing. Not only just a one-sport athlete, but at what age should that kid play that one sport year-round mm-hmm. and still be healthy? Yeah. I think because the answer is probably never. I, exactly. <laughs> because Tommy John surgeries are rampant in baseball right now. And I think that it's hard to not find that correlation between year-round baseball and kids having arm injuries. I think that... uh, Kids at like 17, 16, it's on the regular for high school athletes to get Tommy John surgery.
2: One of the best baseball players I know once told me that he thinks that those injuries are happening in arms because we're
1: too careful with the kids now and their arms are wimpy. I could see part of that argument... Except for adding like pitch counts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I could see part of that argument, except for there's two things that are changes. You've added pitch counts and you've extended the season. So are that. you also add- throwing for harder. I don't know about that. I okay. am not. I was actually, curious. I'm not I, throwing harder. I throw, <laughs> throw way softer than I used to. <laughs> anyway, again, in that's the, a, in a whole nother. In the major PN leagues warrants. are
0: throwing harder, though, right? Yeah, in the past ten years there's, than they were previously. There's a much
1: higher okay. emphasis on dudes who can pump ninety-nine, so, hundred. But, but you don't know if that's. I don't know. Okay. I would assume so. I, I mean, I, I was guess. just wondering if that was. I something mean, if else you're if you're watching the MLB and you're seeing you know pitchers who are throwing 94 we talked about they they got to be crafty instead of like yeah you know i mean that's crazy you know this guy only throws 94 only well yeah we got four (laughs) guys in the pen who throw 102 it's like so yeah Yeah. i mean you watch that as a kid i would assume that the emphasis on velocity might play into that yeah Ah, interesting thing uh Wow, we are 50 minutes into the show and we are just now getting to I think what... that was
2: the most interesting conversation we've ever had on this show, personally.
1: I love it. And I, like I said, I, can I think
0: be... it's really interesting. I don't chime in a lot because I'm not a parent and I'm not soon to be a parent or anything. <laughs> so, I
1: but it it is a fascinating conversation. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to cuz you played a completely different sport than I think either of us did when we were younger too. I swam. You swam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is that? Is that... Do people do that? I mean, I know Olympians probably do that year-round. I know. It's... Well,
0: here's the thing about
1: swimming. Swimming year-round will make you a healthier person. That makes sense. Like, swimming is... Even if you're swimming competitively, like, is there any health ramifications to, like... Not... Okay, well... Driving yourself completely? Yeah, if
0: you were swimming competitively year-round, it would probably... So what you do before you swim it's it's similar to track I think in that you t- you t- usually taper before big events okay so you you go insanely hard and you break your body way down and then you ease up at you know over the like the few weeks going into a big events and that can do that can really stress your immune system because you're breaking your body down so much to begin with mm mm-hmm. Um, so I could see something like that over and over and over, but usually, like you're swimming year round, but there's only gonna be a handful. Like you're gonna be like, like at, at if if you're a really good swimmer, you're gonna taper for the state championships, and that's it. Okay. Like you don't you don't care about or or if you're even better and you're you know maybe you are legitimately trying to compete for Olympics, you're gonna ignore everything and you're just gonna taper for that. Like because you're going to be good enough that you can, you're going to. You want to make sure you're going to be doing your thing. You until, want to make sure
1: you're at your best at the biggest exactly. moment.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's and That's year round. Year round is is. I feel like swimming is slightly different in that it's not. It is good for you. Like you shouldn't stop. It's you're you're. It's like bicycling, and except it's more full body even than bicycling, where it's it's low impact on your body and. It's really good exercise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm when like you jogging were a or swimmer, running. Yeah. yeah.
2: Did you wear a speedo?
0: I did. I've seen pictures. There was my <laughs> My picture was
1: up on the wall of the Y for like three years. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you must have looked good in that speedo. Andrew was good too. He was a good breaststroke. I was alright. I yeah.
2: do when I worked at Grace Harbor Talk I wrote an article on a girl, I think she was eleven at the time, who did something that was basically the equivalent of like a club team. For swimming, okay. she traveled every day after school. She would drive to Olympia for practice with her swim team, and they would travel around and go to all kinds of different meets all over the place. So there okay. is for swimming. There's
1: as yeah, there's yeah. other sports. Gotcha. Interesting, and that is another interesting avenue because you're right. It's a low, in, like low impact. It is.
0: It's it's low impact, and there is there's still team aspects, but. I had a unique experience because that's all I did in, I played a little bit of soccer as a kid, but I swam in high school and then I didn't play any, like I played softball, stuff like that. We played slow pitch. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't play any organized team sports with coaches where I was actually working as a team, like as a team on a field until I was in college playing rugby. And I think that that aspect, the the teamwork together in a game, is something that is really good to learn, and I I, I miss it. Or I, I, I saw it as something that I lacked. Um, if I could go back, I would. I would tell myself, "Hey, get involved in something, or you know, do, mm-hmm. keep keep stay involved in something like that."
1: Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Thinking about sports that I miss about is is being a part of the group. Yeah. And playing together with teammates and getting close with them and and trying to come together to achieve things. Yeah.
0: And there is there is that uh, in in swimming. There's the working together to achieve something because you're competing as a team in in meets and but. There's uh, not the working together to achieve something specific on the field outside of like relays or something. But even yeah. in relays, you're taking turns going. You're not you're not you're not getting in sync with somebody. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Which, yeah,
1: that's for sure. And it's and rugby is up there with. Well, yeah, rugby and football are two of the like biggest team activities where you can't really have one player take over yeah now you can fix the audio now i'll I stop n- i'll I stop talking what's happening yeah. <laughs> we're just getting that <laughs> oh you
2: fixed it oh
1: yeah I, I jinxed it that's my fault oh justin you well jinxer anyways okay. i'm really digging the shirt by the way Thank I, you. <laughs> I wore this for you. I appreciate Oregon it. Oregon State. I um, actually,
2: bought this. I think I bought this at a um, at a Nike outlet one time that was like a really good clearance sale.
1: Well, yeah, Oregon State gear is super cheap right now.
2: Yeah.
1: So we've been talking about. And by right now, you mean like for the last twenty years? No, no, no. no, no in no, two thousand one. And... Oh wait, that was exactly. twenty years ago. Oh my gosh! Crap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were really good ones. Daniel is a sad, sad Beaver fan. That was 20 years ago,
0: guys. Sad
1: Beaver. Our races. baseball team, back-to-back World Series champs. Nobody cares about college baseball. <laughs> so our gear was still really cheap, which was nice. Uh, but, yeah, gosh, you're right. That was 20 years ago because they are honoring the 2000 Oregon State Beavers team coming up this this year. And I actually had that in the show notes before we had so much else to talk about. But, yeah, because their quarterback of that team that won the Fiesta Bowl by kicking the crap out of Notre Dame is now the head coach. And so they're going to honor that team. And holy cow, it's been 20 years since we've had an actual shot
3: because we had one (laughs) loss that year.
1: Now a one loss Pac twelve team is just laughed at.
2: No, Daniel's covering his face, but you can't see how depressed he looks right now. <laughs> Miserable. Yeah. He's downright mopey. Yeah.
0: Alright. So are you guys done with the local? Oh with, with, with not, not with sorry, not with local, but with your your yeah. yes. our own personal histories. Yes. As, with story time. As sportists.
1: Yeah. Uh, high school basketball. Yes. That is where we are going next. And we got a lot to talk about because it's playoff time, which is uh, one of my favorite times of the year and also at the same time one of my most dreaded times of the year. How can they be both? Well, I get to watch a lot of awesome high school basketball, but also I am going to be broadcasting roughly 8 to 10 games in a 9-day span. 10-day span, <laughs> and I work early in the morning, and usually I get back from these games, you know, once they start getting into the championships and stuff like that, and they're all down in Kelso or down in Kingsway, and I'm getting back at like 2 in the morning and then getting up at 4.30. So it's hard, but I am so excited, and this year, as usual, a decent slate of teams going into the playoffs, and uh, we got the Elma, okay, here we go, the Montesano Boys and Girls, the Elma boys and girls, the Hoquiam boys, and the Aberdeen boys all heading into the district tournaments. Slight little asterisk there. The Aberdeen boys actually are going to a play-in game. It's on the bracket on the same sheet as the rest of the district tournament.
2: So I think it still counts.
1: Okay. So it's, yeah, (laughs) technically play-in game. Um, And when I was going through this, I was going off the bracket for the 1A that was already filled out for the boys, but they still have a game on Monday. Yeah. A couple of teams have games on Mondays that could change some things. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But right now, the, I mean, Montesano boys have the one seed locked up. So they are going to be playing against, on the 14th, they are going to take on Stevenson at Monty. I will have that game on the air. Two
2: maroon Bulldog teams facing each other. Yeah,
1: it's the... I've seen that matchup so often, I like I don't even care anymore. Love the Stevenson Bulldogs colors, colors, right? <laughs> teal and maroon. Yeah, and eh, it's not teal. It's, it's no, baby it's, blue and yeah. it's baby blue and maroon. No, it's it's, it's it looks good. Like yeah. I know why you like him because yeah. it's Monty and North Carolina. It's but basically
2: the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm gonna go
1: glory days here. And when I first played them when I was a junior in the district tournament, I was like. That's pretty clean. It colors. looks good. It and looks it's good. not
2: colors that I thought would
0: have gone no. well
1: together. Mm-mm. but they make it work. it It looks good. That's a unique one, too. you don't yeah. there's not you don't tons see... of other teams. With I don't that think colors. I've ever no. seen it, neither have I in another team. Although I did create a Madden team with those colors once after I played them, <laughs> which where, was <laughs> it which, the arachnids which XFL
0: logo was? that?
1: No, the arachnids were green and black. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. So that is the Montesano boys. They're going in as a one seed. The Elma girls also going in as a one seed. Now, interesting this year, Justin. The girls bracket, not the typical four teams from each TriCo and Evergreen. Instead, they're only going three teams. Which I'm never quite sure why they're doing that. And especially, I don't understand why they're doing that with the girls and not the boys. So I don't quite understand that. But since that, it kind of changes the brackets a little bit. And um, that will make it so the one seed Elma Girls will actually have a bye in the Mm -hmm. first round, which is a loser out game. So they're not going to play until the 15th. And that is going to be against the winner of Tenino and Kingsway. And so that is who they will play. And that is not a loser out game, but it's a winner to the championship game. And then the two seed Montesano Girls... They are going to play on the 13th. They are taking on the Trico 3 seed, which, as far as I can tell, will either be Stevenson or Columbia White Salmon. Um, thinking that that is also a game I will cover. So I'm planning on being at Montesano's Girls and Boys to open the tournament on the 13th Good and call. the 14th. Well, um... Partially a good call because I don't want to don't, drive to La Center. I don't,
2: that's a good, nobody wants to. Or Kingsway. But
1: also, Daniel,
2: I don't know if you noticed this, but we did a lot of Montesano stuff while you were gone.
1: I did notice. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I listened to the show last week, and so I heard you reference it. It was a little painful, but, you know, I mean, they're on a hot streak right now. There's a lot of good athletes in Montesano and a lot of good teams And so, yeah, I think looking at the seeding, I mean, and looking at the district tournaments, I think the, I mean, obviously looking at the seeds, Montesano boys, the one seed. So you would think that they would have a better shot to make a good run. Yes. Elma's girls are not only a one seed, but a very experienced team that went to state last year and performed well at state. So I think they have a good chance to go on this Montesano girls team though. Has a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. Young talent, too. Young talent. And mm-hmm. so I think... a pretty
2: good mix of actually young talent and and classmen yeah. talent.
1: So that's a team to look out for. Yeah. And legitimately, I know there's some good teams in the Trico, but I think there's an opportunity to see a District 4 championship game between Montesano and Elma for the 1A girls' title. That would be district. so cool. That would be awesome. I would... And I would be there. Like... That would be great, and you should come do the game with me because that would be just um, so much fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I would like to, but work always gets in the way of the things well, I
0: want to
1: do. Work gets in the way. Gosh, excuses. <laughs> I, I uh, just want to
0: clarify, honest question. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between a winner out and a play-in? You mean, I mean a, loser, out. a loser out and a play-in? Yes.
1: There is well, the slightly. Is loser out. The play-in is loser out. Well, because you were... Th- I was yes. just curious, that's all. So, the, the difference is is the brackets are completely different. So, in the loser-out games, they are part of a bracket. So, there's two loser-out games, and then if you win that one, then your next game isn't a loser-out game, but it's part of the same bracket. The play-in game, they have a whole bracket set up where there's four teams from one league and four teams in for another, but... It's actually not because they also have a separate game to get into that bracket. So that is the play-in game. So Aberdeen is the four seed from the Evergreen League. They will play the five seed from the TriCo Two A, and the winner of that game will get into the tournament. I don't
2: know so how they. I don't know how they decide. Couldn't how, you just as easily put that as part of the bracket though? No, because no. you have an odd number of teams, and that's why it's a play-in.
1: Yeah. So okay. I don't know so how they're they taking decide which... nine teams. And they want to get from yeah. that nine teams to eight teams yeah. to play the double elimination tournament that they have. And usually,
2: set up. that's o- often
1: because okay. one league okay, is so way bigger a winner, than another.
0: A loser out would be there'd be two. There always would have to be an equal number of them. Yeah. Okay. I would. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I think so. Not
2: necessarily. It depends on how the how many teams there are and how the bracket is structured. All right, right. But like in this instance you have a bracket going in two different directions.
1: You can pull up the so, bracket. On, yeah, on I that saw game. it, and okay. it was super yeah. confusing. Okay. I, don't, I
2: don't know how they d- often decide w- I how them, many to yeah. get in and what, how to structure the mm-hmm. bracket, but there have been years, too, where they have, like, three or four pigtail games. Mm-hmm. The pigtails are the, are the um, like, play-in games. Okay. So there there's mm-hmm. there are times where there are several teams that have to play their way into the main bracket of yeah. the district tournament. interesting.
1: So. And, and another interesting thing is, is also since there's only in the girls' tournament... There's only three teams, so there's only six teams. So only two teams are moving on to the next round, to the state tournament, um, to the regional round of the state tournament. And so after <laughs> that the... That was a really sarcastic was, look on your yeah. face
2: when you said that. Uh,
0: so after round. the
1: championship game, the loser of that championship game has to then play the winner of another game to see which of those two teams will make it to state and which doesn't. Yeah, it's super weird. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. They don't say, oh, you made it to the championship game, you're second place. They say, you lost as many games as this other team did, so now you two play each other to see who goes to state. It's interesting. It's really weird. Whereas in the other in the boys' bracket this year where they have the four and four, the two teams in the championship game are titled first and second, Both of those teams go to state. They're taking three teams to state, though, so the third and fourth place game is winner to state, loser done. So it's interesting. it's, It's interesting.
2: I'm a total nerd, but I think brackets are really fun. I love and
1: brackets. I, I nerd out on brackets yes. all the time. Most of the time well, I'll go to a, like a softball tournament and we're like, you did that bracket, stupid.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we, were looking at, <laughs> we
1: were looking at a tournament bracket for one that
2: Peyton had, or I don't remember which one of my kids. We were looking at the bracket and I was looking at it with my wife and I'm going, okay, well, so if we win and then we lose, then this happens and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, how are you, how do you know that yeah. looking at this? Yeah, I'm, nerd. I'm with her.
1: I'm yeah. with her. It doesn't it make no sense to me. So and that's then, why I was curious. Yeah, and then Justin and I will then go a step further and we'll be like, all right, let's look at the Trico League and who yep. are their common opponents, yes. and, and we'll have the whole thing figured out. Well, the transitive property is important. Exactly. In high school sports... It's decent.
2: It almost never fails.
1: Yeah. Basketball gets
0: a little tricky. Are you implying that could ever fail ever in, yes. foo- in anything? <laughs>
1: in football, <laughs> in high school football, the transitive properties rarely let me down when I'm going through the brackets. And I'm like, oh, these, this team killed this team and this team barely beat them. Yeah. This team's going to win. The
2: hard part is when you don't have... Any common opponents, but then the next thing I'll do is <laughs> yes. look at common yes. opponents of common opponents yes, and try to <laughs> track all that down. And it takes forever, but sometimes you can be, you can like go through, you know, the um, f- what is it, the five levels of Kevin Bacon or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, and you can like connect these two teams to yeah. each other. You're like, and it generally works pretty well,
1: yeah. You're like, okay, so this team they both didn't play Connell, yeah, but Connell played this team and this other team played this team, and Connell beat them by a lot, and this team didn't. But then try
2: to, like, it all makes sense in my head, and then I'll try to explain it to another parent, and they'll be like, what the hell are you
1: talking about? Yeah, what are you (laughs) talking about? And they'll be like, I don't get why you're so confident. That team's a two seed, and we're a three seed. Why do you think we're going to spank them? And we're like, we've got this complex formula in our head. We're like, no, this is going to be a cakewalk, and then Monty wins by 50, and we're just like, Yep, (laughs) knew Monty was going to kick-walk in this one.
3: Yeah,
2: thank you for using Monty as your example.
1: Oh, gosh darn it. (laughs) That's become too much of a thing, by the way. My upsetness at Monty, I think. (laughs) It's getting frustrating, though. It really is. They're so good at everything right now, and it's hard to see the tables turning anytime soon because I like their coaches so much. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the hardest part.
2: Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah. it's The coaching in Monty right now is, is really good. Not to say that there's not other good coaches around the area, but it's, it's impressive. So I will stop trying to bounce all over the place, and I'll give you a very quick rundown, but the boys' matchups and the 1A could change due to things going on there's still on a couple Monday. Games left, there's yeah. still a couple games left. But as we look right now on the 13th the Montesano girls are playing on the 13th as well the Aberdeen boys are playing on the 14th you will have the Monty, Elma, and Hoquiam boys all playing who and where Elma and Hoquiam are playing that's yet to be determined due to what happens in those games on Monday and then the 15th um there could be Moni and Elma girls playing. But right now, the only one we know for sure is that the Elma girls are playing on the 15th because Monty has to win to get to that day. Right. So that's the brief breakdown. Lots of basketball coming up. And the tournaments last all the way to the 21st and the 22nd. Yeah.
2: I would think probably there's a lot of interesting things going on in these games. If I would, if I was picking main teams to follow, I would say probably Elma and Monty girls are probably going both going to be really interesting, and the Montesano boys have been so dominant in league that I think they're probably the most likely out of our Evergreen league to do something. I would not. I haven't seen the Elma boys play yet. They've been they've they been can, significantly better
1: than I expected. That's a team that I was going to mention because they can get hot from the outside. Yeah,
2: they had a kid. What was the th- what did I text you guys the other? They had a he, kid that he, shot. I think his name's Sawyer Witt. Yeah, he, he shot had, ten for thirteen. On three-pointers in a game. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. That's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Most people can't shoot 10 for 13 with no one guarding them, like, just on yeah. 3 pointer. Like, even good basketball players. Yeah. That's hard. He shot 10 for 13 in a game when they really needed it. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's, that's insane to me that somebody in a high school, 1A high school game could shoot that. But the other thing is, I feel like all of our local boys teams in Evergreen 1A are interesting. Yes. Because Hokuium also has some players that can make just about anything interesting.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There's some athletes that yeah. that make it really fun to watch, and we've seen some exciting games with them as well.
2: And my sources have told me... That And this makes me like him even more, even though I'm, I'm the president of the Cameron Bumstead fan club. <laughs> yes, I've been you told are. that he wants so badly to be a team player that he has to be strongly encouraged <laughs> to, take to over. be the fo- focal point of the offense. But their offense is so much better when he just decides to take over the game because of how talented of an athlete he is. So um, I think all of the teams on the boys' side are really interesting, and I'll be curious to see, like, which ones of them are capable of really exceeding the expectation.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be tough, too, because in the boys' side, that Trico League's pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, I think what I was told is, and I haven't seen any of those teams play, but what I was told is that the top three teams in the Trico League are all very good, and then there's a pretty steep drop-off with Stevenson.
1: Yeah, and it, it, interesting, though, Castle Rock was last or second to last, and they beat Oak Wim twice. Yeah. So, and they're not even close to sniffing the playoffs out of that league.
2: Right. So, so it should it should be good competition for yeah, our evergreen boys.
1: Exactly. On the girls' side of it, LeCenter always seems to be really good. Mm-hmm. And so I think they would be uh, the biggest pose of a threat there. I'm trying to – I think they're the one seed from down south, but I'm actually not positive. But they're usually really good. Their girls' program is usually really good. So that would be another one to look at. Yeah, exciting times, and we'll have lots of, lots and lots and lots of highlights and stories to tell about the next couple of weeks for high school basketball. And if you get a chance, uh, there will be games locally this first round. Go watch them. They'll be a lot of fun. I mean, playoff basketball is different. I remember the first time that you get into a tournament game, everything speeds up. Absolutely, everything speeds up. The intensity is greater. It is not quite, but similar to the pace change of a game between JV and varsity in boys' basketball. You then go from varsity to second round of the district playoffs, and you're like, oh, well, this is different. And then there's even that bigger jump from districts to state, like Everything's just more intense. Yeah. The players are more in your grill. Everything's sped up so much. So it's it's when a fun to brand of basketball. When to the
2: point in basketball where every possession is so important yeah. that everybody's doing everything they can on every single possession. Whereas when you watch a regular season game or a non-league game, oftentimes it feels like there's a lot of throwaway possessions yeah, in the game. Tons. You don't have any of those when you get to that level. Mm-mm. And I would just briefly like to add, that who had been the Hoquiam boys who had been kind of having a rough year by their standard made things really interesting this week by upsetting Forks.
1: Yeah, huge.
2: And Bumstead had 17 points in that game, but that's that's part of the reason why I'm looking at this Hoquiam team. I think they won they might they might have won two league games in a row. I think they were one and four in league at one point and they fought their way back to the point where they have a chance to, you know, get in that three-way tie for second place. Yeah. So if they're playing their best basketball right now, they can get Cameron said to be their number one guy. You know, have Dane McMillan be able to knock down some shots from the outside on driving dish. I think the Grizzlies are really interesting.
1: I think so too. And talk about an interesting coaching job there that Eccles is having to do because yeah. completely different than what projections probably thought of what he was going to have with his team and a completely different style of basketball too. Because not only, like, you look at Monty's coaching job, yes, huge differences there too but I'm not sure if the style of basketball had to change that much because they had some other post players and, you know, some other guards. But Oak to not have a post player now. Like, they don't. They run five guards 98% of the time. Yeah. And it is such a different way to play. And if they can figure out how to play with each other, there's some good athletes and good players on that team.
2: I think with money, it was more about, um, and they did struggle at the beginning of the year before they got into league play. Yeah, and they've just been rolling through league. But it was more about figuring out who's going to be your
1: leaders.
3: Exactly.
2: Who's going to? It's not so much about like who's going to step into the roles physically, mm-hmm. but who's going to step in the roles in leadership and who's going to step into the roles emotionally. Absolutely. So when we had Braden Dorman and Sam Winter on last week on the show, that you was know, awesome. Braden had said something to the effect of, you know. I'm doing my best to try to do the things that Sam would do. Um, but, you know, I think they would all admit that it took a little bit of time. Yeah. And now, Braden has really come into his own as a scorer <laughs> over the last couple games. Where that come from, Braden? Leading the team against Tenino with yeah. 17 points, being the athlete of the week, and then scoring 24 points again in the next game. Yeah,
1: he had 21 in the first half. Yeah, so Get I, I think out of here. you're
2: just seeing... Them building on it as the year goes on to the point where, like, they have really set the Bulldog Boys team, they have really settled into their roles, absolutely. And also,
1: what's his, uh, Bjornsgard Wesley Bjornsgard Kids of Freak. Can, man. can we get a birth certificate on him? <laughs> that's a freshman, yeah. The that's kid's a, a freak, man. That's a freshman, yeah. Sheesh, yes, I didn't make many freshmen like that He's when I was a heck kid. Heck of a
2: player and really Ooh, versatile, yes, super athletic. Dang. He'll be dunking. He'll be dunking. I'm surprised he's point.
1: not already. I, I mean see he him can. above the rim in no, he, warm-ups. He can. Yeah. He can. Good, good night. Yeah. Bjorn's and It's such a fun name to say when I'm calling a game. <laughs> Wesley Bjornsgaard. Oh, there's going to be some good highlights from him from, for the years to come. I mean, that kid's awesome. Uh, well, how about, real quick, before we go into athlete of the week, okay.
2: um, I just want to mention this one thing that caught my eye uh, from a Daily World article. And this is from 2B Ranks, and oh, it's cool, from Acosta. Yeah. Um, Cole Hatton, I think, deserves a shout-out here. Be- he became the Acosta Wildcats all-time leading scorer this past week uh, in a Tuesday game. It was a win over South Bend, 63-43. Um, to 43. He scored 22 points in the game and passed his uncle... Lonnie Hatton oh, nice. as the all time leading scorer for Acosta and he now has one thousand and ninety-nine points Dang. in his high school career. So big time shout out to Cole Hatton. That's a that's an awesome accomplishment.
1: That that's awesome. And to keep it in the family too, I mean that's that's so cool to take down a relative's record like that and I mean that's a blast. And at any time you can reach a thousand points, we we see celebrations happen like in the playoffs and people like recognizing that when we've been in the playoffs and we've seen you have to do it for a long time at every, I mean, most of the time it's, you have to be a freshman right to get going on that.
2: Most people. I remember
1: Katie. Who was that player that we really loved from the center? That girl who was like five foot nothing. I can't remember her name, but she was, I don't
2: remember.
0: Oh, I can't remember. I know who you're talking about. I always picture
1: her with the tape on her shoulder. Yeah.
2: That girl was awesome, Just grinding, and the littlest player on the floor at all times. But she was incredible. Easy. Yeah,
3: um, um, but yeah, we've down seen
2: down. lots of players score a thousand points. I mean, in Monty, we had Jordan Spradlin and Megan Choate both had a thousand points. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there's many. I don't, I haven't seen all the ones from other schools, but I know, I know those ones for a fact.
1: The crazy thing, and I'm not trying to take away from from the talk about Cole. It's Cole, right? Yeah. Cole Hatton, yeah. He's also an all-state football player this year. I mean, the kid's a heck of an athlete. The weird thing recently was in Hoquiam, I think three of the top five, their top five overall scores, or maybe it was top seven or something like that, all played together for four years. Yeah. Jared Steen, Jack Adams, and Jace Varner were right. all in like their top five or six or seven all-time scorers. Right. Wow. Yeah. Bizarre.
2: That was a good group of yeah ball players.
1: Man. But yeah, Cole, that is awesome, man. Cracking that number and cracking that record. Yeah, probably would normally be good enough for athlete of the week. Normally, <laughs> but not this. There week. was
2: some fantastic performances. Yes, we actually have. We've said several times on the show that we accept nominations for athlete of the week. Absolutely. And since the re since the reboot in this iteration of the scrimmage, this is the first athlete of the week that has come. Uh, As a nomination from a listener. So, before I tell you the athlete of the week, I just want to say, if you're looking to buy a home in the Grays Harbor Pacific County area, nobody will take care of you better than the team of realtors at Pen Real Estate. With Penn, it's personal. So, our athlete of the week this week comes from the Aberdeen Boys basketball team, and it is a young man by the name of Noble Hyde. Uh, Noble had... Four points in a 61-49 to win over Centralia on Tuesday on senior night. And it was a significant win for Aberdeen because uh, they were kind of in a one game. They're trying to get into that play-in game. And if they had lost that game, they would have been in a tie-in league play with Centralia. So it was a big win for them on senior night. Um, Noble Hyde's previous basketball experience was as the top scorer on Grays Harbor Special Olympics team, which is pretty cool. Um... But I have a couple of quotes I wanted to read about Noble and being able to get in and and score some points here. Um, The first one comes from the Aberdeen Bobcats head coach, Mark Buckman. And Mark says, Noble truly has been the heart and soul of our program these last four years. He tried out as a freshman, and unfortunately he was not able to make the cut. He approached me with a burning desire to be manager and do any duty necessary to help the team. He's always helpful in practice, helping us running through drills or running scoreboard. He's a very reliable videographer, as well as filming each of our games. Most most of all, he has inspirational messages after each practice and game. He pulls quotes from movies. Fast and Furious series has been his favorite this season. He retells stories from history, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and even his own life experiences. His quotes always tie into our coach's message, um, which has always amazed the staff and me. It is always the plan. It was always the plan he would suit up on senior night and was so proud of our team to get him involved. Also, Thankful to the Centralia program who understood the magnitude of the moment for Noble. I'll never forget the senior night game and never forget Noble as a player and person. He was a true inspiration to the Bobcat program. Um, It's really meaningful and it it makes you a little misty looking at this because this is some glowing praise for Noble from his coach. And to me, it's just a testament of we've been talking about having passion for things. Like, it is... Obvious to me that Noble Hyde has a passion for basketball. Yeah. To want so badly to be around and a part of the team that he's done so much for all of them. But I think the thing that got me the most was reading the reading the quotes in yeah. the Daily World article from one of his teammates and Wyatt Johnson, who actually led Aberdeen in points in that game. Um, it says, "I was so hyped and was trying not to get too emotional on the court." I love Noble so much and was proud that he got in to score four points for us. Every game, he's been here for us. He's filming for us. He's at every single practice running the scoreboard for us, helping us out on defense, and going through drills with us. So, to me, I mean, like, it's amazing to get these comments from Mark Buckman, from his coach, to just, you know, get a real in depth look at what he's meant to their program because there's lots of ways to help. You know, there are things that need to be done like videography. But also, to have somebody who can step in and just get everybody pumped up, that's a huge deal. It's massive. In basketball, momentum is the easy; it's the hardest thing to gain and it's the easiest thing to lose. So any edge you can get in energy and momentum is always massive. And it's evident to me reading these quotes that Noble Hyde is a huge part of this program and what, what success they've been able to have.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I forgot about... This when we were talking about you know the best part about sports yeah but that's the best part about sports absolutely it
2: absolutely is It's about people it's about camaraderie it's about people coming together for a cause Seriously. and a lot of times the cause that you're coming together for is something more than what happens on the floor and this isn't a great example of something that's more than what happens on the floor. So, um, Noble, congratulations. You are the athlete of the week. Thank you so much for all your hard work and dedication and what you've done for the Aberdeen Bobcats basketball program over the last four years. We're so excited for you that you had this chance to get out there and get a couple buckets on senior night. Congratulations, athlete of the week, Aberdeen Bobcat boys, basketballs, Noble Hyde.
1: That's awesome. I mean, that's seriously, that's the best. I'm not sure what else. Let's <laughs> <I can laughs> go to mailbag. <laughs> no, I no, the that is just amazing. And for to get four points too, like
3: yeah.
1: there's some buckets. Like that's the I I think my favorite part about that is the the inspirational quotes part that yeah. you're talking about. Yes. I mean, pulling from movies, from history, from his own life experiences. I mean, how could you not get excited going into a game? Yes. With that, and
2: I was told actually that uh, when when it's talking about inside the paint buckets, that Noble is like automatic. Nice. He doesn't miss those buckets. <laughs> he's all over it. Like that's he's practiced it, and he's he's an automatic Noble. He's an automatic inside bucket.
1: I love it. Yeah, I mean, we saw some cool stuff with with some senior nights around, but I think mm-hmm. we'll have more opportunity to talk about those yeah. at different times. But that, I mean, do you
2: want to mention the the Monty thing? briefly or do you I want
1: i think we'll have other opportunities okay. to talk about it later i don't want to take away from this one bit yeah let's do it but we can move on to our mailbag okay and hopefully get me to stop crying yeah because i am just so inspired right now that is that is the coolest thing
2: okay so we got a couple of mailbag topics the first one comes from pat thank you pat it says all right here is a valid argument for the show I'm glad that it's a valid argument because <laughs> if somebody sends me a mailbag question and it says, here's an invalid argument for the show, the, then they're we're just not,
0: we're, we're just not covering it. it. We get
2: those all the time. We just chuck them.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. I think people send the invalid arguments to Daniel.
1: <laughs> well, that actually, I cut out my name here because he said, all right, Daniel. I was here's gonna,
2: a, so I think I was going to say yeah. most of the invalid arguments come from Daniel. Oh well, yeah. He's, yeah. he's,
0: I was giving him the benefit of that. Yeah. He's just getting them from other people.
2: <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. So, Pat's question is: What is the best professional championship trophy in North America?
1: Now, I is this is, are we the trophy? Because uh, that's how I interpreted it, yes. and I don't
2: think
0: there's much of a debate to be made against mm-hmm. the, the Stanley, Stanley Cup.
1: <laughs> Stanley Cup nailed is amazing.
2: It.
0: <laughs> it. Stanley is Cup awesome. is amazing.
1: It's massive. We yeah. saw who was it? Kelsey
0: that was trying to sh- take uh, like shots yeah. off No, the, I think he
1: was succeeding uh, yeah. in
2: taking shots yeah, off Yeah,
1: it wasn't the shots. Right. He was sambonying, trium- to... like, down. Yeah, like, that's what I mean by, it like, it was,
0: yeah. it was, it was odd. Which and, is it, disgusting and it was kind of a tough... Ugh, no. Yeah, not good. The Stanley Cup is designed to be drunk
1: out of. And which that's is terrible. also disgusting. <laughs> it is. And, the, yeah, yeah. and they get to take it around for, like, what, a day, a year? I think, yeah, a I think player each gets
2: player gets to have it for a day to do whatever they want with it.
1: And I love it. Yeah, that is so cool. Sometimes that leads so to trouble cool. because, like, some people leave it on a bus or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> can can we bring up – Can is there any others that we can, like – I mean, the World Series trophy yes. is kind of cool and intricate. Yeah. No, I don't like the baseball trophy. I don't well, like the World it's Series trophy. The movie. Lombardi I is feel like different, different every year, I right? I feel like yeah. – that's. So the World Series Man. trophy. No, it's not. Isn't it? It's the same. Yeah. Don't, it's don't
0: that football have, thing. No, I mean it's sorry. I mean it's a different trophy. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, I see think what you're that kind of takes it out of contention right there. Like yeah, there's there's something like this.
2: incredibly cool about it. That being is the, the same, same cup. trophy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I think that makes it grosser. <laughs> that, that many more people have drank out of it. I but <laughs> I I don't like the baseball trophy because I feel it looks to me it looks really old. Oh and it's not any kind of like modern or clean and it looks like if you touch it it will break. (laughs) I I just don't I don't like the look of the World Series trophy. I love the look of the Lombardi trophy, and I love the look of the Larry OB as uh what was it? Kawhi Leonard said that? The Larry O. B? The Larry O'Brien Trophy uh, and yeah. the NBA Finals Trophy, because it's actually really that a one's similar. A good, thing that's a to, good look too. It's similar it's golden, to the Lombardi yeah. because it's just like a hoop with a ball that kind of, but it's yeah. clean. I like I like the way it. It's, it's simple.
1: Yeah, I do like the look of. I like the look of the Lombardi and the Larry O'Brien, like they're classy, they're clean. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, but there's something about the Stanley Cup that has it's just filled with history. Like, it's this, there's only one. It's filled with yeah. lots of people's germs. Yeah, so yeah. i I think, I think there's only one it, though.
2: I just don't like things that are, I just <laughs> well, don't like it, things that are yucky. I don't want silver, to drink out of something that silver, thousands of people have touched.
0: Isn't silver anti, micro,
2: doesn't it kill germs? You're just making that. I don't know. know. I think
0: so. antimicrobial. Silver.
2: Yeah. That. I didn't even know that was Good a word till just now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But you know what? Another cool one is the NCAA uh, championship football trophy. That one's kind of, like a, it's kind of like a. That's the crystal football, right? Isn't it? Am I picturing the wrong uh, one? The
1: college football playoff. The college like, that's football playoff. The thing playoff. Is like, what's the actual? I think it's like a it's like
2: a cone, like a cylinder, and then it's like a football at the at the top. It's the shape of a football. That one's kind of cool. But you know what? I was uh, I the,
1: was the NCAA basketball championship trophy is kind of lame. Yeah, it's almost like a plaque. Yeah,
2: it's just like a plaque. Yeah, yeah it's like lame. really. Oh, can we go right. outside of you're the right Justin? Okay. That's
1: Yeah, I like the I like the oh, college
2: yeah, football player. Cool. That one's yeah. kind of cool. But can we go outside of uh the United States for a minute? I know I'm outside of the parameter of the of the question. It yeah, says North America.
3: Let's go for it. Okay,
2: have you guys seen what tennis players win for Wimbledon?
1: No. Wimbledon. If
2: the man that wins Wimbledon
1: gets like a really Whoa. nice cup looking trophy. Is that the claret jug? No, what's the The woman that wins... My bad. Disregard that statement. The
2: woman (laughs) that wins Wimbledon... Gets a plate. Gets like a plate. I think it's called a rosewood platter, or rose something platter. Okay. So why are you giving a man a trophy and a woman a platter? Is it because you expect the woman to serve you sandwiches? Like, what is the... I don't understand how that... Tennis is, is okay. Kind
1: of, tennis is kind of one of those old it's sports
2: that you're just like. Am I wrong? It's a little sexist. Am I reading too deep into this? <laughs> it, it could be, g- be but <laughs> it's a beautiful like platter. It's it a, happens at exclusive gro- clubs that
0: women just managed to get into a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean seriously. That's, yeah, that's what it feels like yeah. when you look at those. Yeah, because lo- I mean,
0: obviously, I don't. I'm looking but... at
1: these trophies right now, and yeah, it. The guy gets like this super yeah. cool like it's a nice looking trophy. Trophy like that is awesome. I, I have to one?
2: okay. So you guys have both said Stanley Cup. That's your number one. That's your final answer.
1: Yeah, that's my one of ones for North yeah, America. Yeah, absolutely. Okay,
2: here's my question. Okay, because I
1: got the name of the. It's the Venus Rosewater Dish. That is the women's Rosewater trophy. Dish. That's yeah. what I was
2: looking for. So does does a jacket count as a trophy?
1: Ooh, the green jacket. Because I'd
2: like to bring the Masters green jacket into the conversation. Ooh. I think that's... I don't think
0: it can possibly be a trophy. But that's would, the prize That would be for... compared with... I mean, you'd... Com- it's the prize comparable. that you get for winning the Masters.
1: Nope, you also it's... get a trophy.
0: Okay. There. I was going to say, I feel yeah. like it'd be but more comparable to, like, the gold jacket of the Hall of Famers or something like that.
2: I. Like, it's I, not a It's a, it's not symbol, a career thing. It's a thing. symbol
0: of... Your yeah, but you wear it later. You wear it ever since after you win it, right? Don't they all? Yes, all the winners they wear it. But when, they yeah. have
2: to leave it there, and they only wear it while they're there. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah,
0: but so I I see it as more like that. Like it's 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 a symbol of the fact of that you're a member of this exclusive club of people that have won. But that's not the thing you get. You get a trophy.
2: Okay, so because of my hatred of things that are yucky, I cannot pick the Stanley Cup. <laughs> So what are you going to go with? Can I go with a three-way tie, or do I have to pick one? I think you I just, love the Lombardi. It doesn't matter what
0: you do, because you're going to be wrong. So. Did you guys know, also... Ooh, the Webb Ellis Cup. This is interesting. Cup
2: is have you guys one. ever seen a gold glove? Okay, so the Gold Glove Award... Yeah. It's like an actual glove that they spray paint with gold paint. It's not a, a golden glove. Like, it looks from a distance, but on the Dan Patrick Show... They Wait, had? Really? Yes, they had Harold what? Reynolds's Gold Glove award in their studio for a while, and they talk about it. It's not a trophy. It's not a golden glove. It's like a baseball glove that they spray paint with gold paint to look like a gold trophy. Are you serious? Yes. It's the cheapest thing <laughs> ever. That, <laughs> that is w- kind of The MLB yeah. would do that. Like, yeah. Oh,
0: spray paint some gloves. Yeah. Was it originally like actually dipped in gold or something? Because they wouldn't have had gold spray paint. However many thousand I don't years know ago, when they baseball start, started. Yeah, but
1: I don't know when they started the Golden Glove Award. Oh, uh, I don't either. know either. Okay, you guys are the baseball. The Daniel's soccer baseball World Cup trophy is pretty dope. I'm sure that they're all a little bit different, but I, but that's I don't pretty like cool. it. I think it looks. I think it's weird. Really, it. it I think it's looks,
2: also. I like it, it's, but it's
3: a
1: little bit uh, baroque style.
2: It's also for my small taste. and like super busy. heavy it's, it's only gold. It's only like a foot tall.
1: Okay. you want the bigger trophy? Like the Stanley like cup. Like the Stanley cup.
2: <laughs> okay. I changed my mind. <laughs> it's the Heisman. the Heisman.
0: It's the Heisman. The Heisman is pretty cool. The Heisman is the, the Heisman winner. is iconic. I, I But that's I not a say. championship
1: trophy. It's oh, is it? Is it trophy right, or it says oh, championship. championship It says championship trophy. But if you want to change the parameters of the argument, know, the no, Heisman no. would be I a good to one. I want to
2: specifically answer the question that came from Pat. So what <laughs> is the best professional championship
1: trophy in North America? The Stanley Cup.
2: Stanley Cup. I'm going to go with NCAA football championship
1: trophy. Not professional.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait. No, we'll allow that. It does <laughs> say professional. Oh,
0: it does. Okay. <laughs>
2: Larry O'Brien trophy, basketball, right. NBA championship final trophy. Oh, There's gosh. too many trophies. It's
0: Justin's like fourth fourth attempt. <laughs> yes.
2: I wanted Wimbledon. I wanted a green jacket. I wanted a college trophy. We just kept I shooting wanted the down.
0: Interesting thing. <laughs> an interesting thing about the giving a plate to the woman, women. Yeah. It made me think of in, in Rugby Sevens, it's a, I'm having to look this up because I always never for, remember it. Yeah. The cup is for the winner of the tournament. The plate is for second place, and the bowl is for third place, and the shield is for fourth place. It's every rugby sevens tournament has a cup, plate, bowl, shield. Gotcha. And that's what I was like. They're just—it's almost like they're giving them second place. Yeah, which is odd.
1: That is odd. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that one bit.
2: How long do we need to continue to make women feel less than in this society? Okay, next mailbag. Next (laughs) mailbag (laughs) question. I don't think we have
1: room enough for the discussions that we are having. We're going to circle back to that
2: in a future episode because I have strong feelings about it. Okay.
1: Next That's mail like your question. most quotable line from every episode we've done since the boat, what? reboot. What? I, I have strong feelings or strong opinions. Yeah, or strong strong opinion. Opinion. He's yeah. making fun of me because I came in with that. I said really
0: it before hot. you did. Oh, did you? Twice, mm. two weeks in a I row. I said it before. Okay. You. I was the first one to have a strong <laughs> opinion
2: on this show. Never mind. I thought you were making
0: fun of me because I said that <laughs> after or with the
2: uh, candles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sensi. I don't like Sensi. Yeah. Why is it so loud like for
2: me on to my type? Wall. <laughs> okay, we have one more mailbag topic, and this is a this is a callback to a previous episode where we were asked our top five Mariners, and then when Daniel was gone two weeks ago and we had baseball expert Sean O'Neill on with us, he gave us his top five Mariners, which now I don't remember what order they were in, but we are going to give you our top five Mariners, starting with Daniel.
1: Well, sheesh. Um... I'm going to go with, there's four easy ones to me. Um, There is Ken Griffey Jr. There is, what? I I almost laughed when I was typing it, too. (laughs) So, (laughs) there is Ken Griffey Jr. There's Ichiro. There's Edgar Martinez. Uh, Gosh darn it. There's Felix Felix Hernandez. Hernandez. And, and then Johnson. the discussion. Couple different ways to look at it. There's either Randy Johnson or Jamie Moyer. I think the I think Jamie Moyer has to be in the discussion. I have um, someone else
2: ahead of Jamie Moyer.
1: N- you have somebody else? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But I Jamie Moyer is
2: it. your honorable mention. And what was your order?
1: It was. Oh, you want it in? Yeah. Like one, two. Yeah. Okay. I would go Griffey, Ichiro, Edgar, Felix, Randy Johnson, Jamie Moyer in the discussion. Okay. And I think that J- a lot of people are like, "Oh, Jamie Moyer just pitched forever," but I mean, he had some pretty darn good win totals he did have some and really good win totals. Yeah, I mean, even like outside of the <laughs> two thousand one season. It's,
0: it's probably just because of. Well, it is just because of Felix, but I inherently re- like something inside me any you you say win totals and I'm like, "Well, yeah, that doesn't matter at all." That yeah. has nothing to do with pitching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know you're not you're you're yeah. not wrong. But that was my I just realized and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cuz Felix also just got did completely screwed.
1: Felix played in <laughs> historically bad offense." Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Fe- yeah. It, it's actually a good point though because when Felix is historically bad Teams, he would have like a two ERA, yeah. and win nine games. Yeah, Jamie Moyer would be able to get away with having like a three point five, and he would win twenty games because they were better. Yeah, and they seemed to give him better run support. So, I have to say, I
0: still want—I I would love someone who has the ability to put together baseball stats to come up with a average run support. Of pitchers throughout their careers and rank like the 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 ten best run supported and the ten worst because I have a feeling Felix will be right up there.
2: I agree, yeah. So it's hard to argue with much of your list. In fact, mine are basically mine is basically exactly the same. I have Ken Griffey Jr. first. Um, Sean disagreed with me, but I have long maintained that until Mike Trout came around, Ken Griffey Jr. was the greatest all-around baseball player that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Sean thinks that pre-steroid Barry Bonds and potentially peak of his game Alex Rodriguez were both probably better all-around players than Griffey. It's it's hard... If
0: you're going to say peak of his career, Alex Rodriguez, why do you have to say pre-steroid
2: because, Barry Bonds? Because post-steroid Barry Bonds was kind of a crappy fielder.
1: Oh, okay. He was just okay. a okay. So roided out masher. At, yeah. Okay. yeah. But I want to say that Griffey was a better defender like than Barry Bonds was. That was
2: my main take, but basically Sean, who knows baseball history way better than I do, said, no, you're wrong. He was an amazing fielder.
1: Well, I'm not saying that he wasn't an amazing fielder, but Griffey made ridiculous plays all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not just really good plays and have really good range, but no, that ball's a home run, and this freak of a dude just went and robbed it or crashed into the fence and still caught it. Like, the I'll I'll try and look that up more for like next week, but and it's probably bias of me seeing more of Griffey's plays than Barry Bonds' plays, but... Well, I didn't concede. Holy cow. I didn't
2: concede to him. Yeah. I. It is still my opinion that until current-day Mike Trout, Ken Griffey Jr. is the best player I've watched play in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, so he's my number one. I had a really difficult time choosing number two between Ichiro and Edgar. But I... I went with Ichiro, even though emotionally I wanted to go with Edgar Martinez because he is my favorite Mariner of all time.
1: That's kind of where I was at, too. Yeah.
2: But Ichiro was... I mean, he was an MVP. He came in, and he did things in a way that was different than anyone else, in a, in a completely unintimidated way, and he performed in a dominating manner for many years. Yeah. Um. So he's going to be my number two. Edgar would be my number three. I'd go to Felix, four. Um, I do think if Randy Johnson had played his whole career, or at least in, if he had not been traded to the Diamondbacks and he had finished his career in Seattle, he could be ahead of Felix, potentially. Oh,
1: I would, yeah. But. Because his, he, talk about somebody who learned how to pitch a different way. Right. I mean, he made his career long. Yes, Felix did not. No, he did not.
2: Yet. So it's over. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I, I would say I'm, I'm going to go Randy Johnson in the five spot. And I had my two honorable mentions. One of them was Jamie Moyer, who I had w- as my second honorable mention. And my first honorable mention actually changed my mind on it as I looked up the stats. But to me, it's Jay Buhner because when I'm looking at – his career and specifically because we're talking about Mariners you know Jamie Moyer played ten and a half seasons in Seattle he played a lot of seasons other places as well
1: yeah it's funny to think that ten and a half seasons in Seattle but wasn't played, even yes. half of his career
2: but Buner played uh, of his 15 seasons he played 13 of them in Seattle and all of his good years were in Seattle and when we get to 95 if you look at Jay Buner's numbers, This dude was an absolute masher. He hit... In 95, he hit 40 home runs and had 121 RBIs. The following year, he had 44 home runs and 138 RBIs. And the following year, he had 40 home runs and 109 RBIs. And if you go back the four years previous to that, he was kind of in the 25 home runs, 80 RBI to 100 RBI ballpark. But during that three-year stretch from 95 to 97, he... Received MVP votes every year. He won a gold glove in 96, which I (laughs) didn't know and wouldn't have guessed. Neither would I. And in 95, he finished fifth in MVP voting. Yeah. So I'm going to go, like, Jamie Moyer is a great honorable mention, but the only guy of these people that gave me pause and I thought maybe I would put him ahead of Randy Johnson just because of the fact that he had a longer period of time in Seattle, and all of his best years were in Seattle, I th- seriously considered Jay Buhner in the five spot.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good argument, too. I think we kind of, because of who, who Buhner played with, that he's kind of overlooked a little yeah. bit, until you look at some, re-look at some of these numbers. Right. Like, A, how do you get fifth in MVP voting and not get to the All-Star game? In 95. But in
2: 95, they came on as a team in at the end oh, of the year. Oh, you're right, at the end of the year. So, that makes you know, sense. To, you have yeah. to be really hot at the beginning and be a hot player before yeah. to really make the All-Star game. And he was, like I said, in the previous years, he was more like 25 to 30 home runs, 80 to 100 RBIs. Yeah. So he really, like, that was the moment, the second half of that season after the All-Star break, when the team went on a tear, he became huge. And after that, the next two years, he was amazing also.
1: Yeah, I mean you those numbers are I mean, think about that lineup that they had. Yeah. I mean, you had a three, four, five, six like Griffey in the three hole, Egger batting cleanup, Jay Buhner, Tino Martinez, like Nobody wants to face those guys back to back to back. Like, I'm really curious now, like, what their normal lineup was. I mean, the 95 season just had crazy and didn't they amounts they have of Tino lineups. did Tino Martinez in but... that? Yeah, didn't I say Tino, too? Oh,
2: yeah, okay, I, I stopped listening. Yeah, it's
1: okay. I mean, <laughs> it's insane. And A-Rod
2: was on that team, but he was not by any means the best player either.
1: A-Rod in 95 didn't really play in 96. Well, started, in my video yeah.
2: game, which is in 95, which is the reason why I started liking the Mariners before I even moved here, A-Rod was, like, the <laughs> eight-hitter. On that yeah,
1: team. yeah, he actually didn't play that much. He yeah. was on the playoff. Like he came, he was a late season, later season call up, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, A Rod was. When you talk about best players, like Sean was saying, all time, prime career, A Rod had to be up there too, and he played a more difficult position than Trout, Bonds, or Griffey. He played shortstop, mm-hmm. and he hit like a corner outfielder.
2: Well, A-Rod, when he was in Seattle, if you go from 98 to 2000, he had three years in a row in Seattle that were really similar to what Buner had. 40-plus yeah. home
1: runs. But um, we will never say A-Rod is our best mariner of all time because he pieced out to play on a trash yeah. Texas Rangers team just yeah. to get...
2: Just <laughs> He also only had like five good years in Seattle, so it's not there. Really isn't yeah. a, a really big
0: body no, of work
1: there. But he was amazing. Yeah, he was good.
0: I I'm not gonna go over five players because I have trouble trying to remember all the names anyway. But I want to put in that I feel like if I feel like it should be allowed, and I feel like the number one on the list should be Dave Neighaus. Ooh he was the greatest mariner of all time and then junior but i i just thought i'd put put that in there cuz you guys were talking about great players and i was like every single one of those players i remember because dave nehouse told me about them
2: listen we are That's... working on answering our Gosh. listeners questions exactly andrew <laughs> andrew and our listener question was top 5 greatest mariners players of all time that well, just all got I saw me on the show sheet was top 5
1: ms yeah <laughs> Okay. That's true. That that loophole. might be my problem. Uh, but yeah, geez Andy, so making me emotional the, for the second time. I just wanted to time. make
0: that like, I I realize he's not a player, but and I'm not going to yeah. run through all five. I like, to. I'm not gonna, I don't have a good enough yeah. opinion. To I wanted bottom, to argue with but, you,
2: but I couldn't come up with yeah. anything. So yeah. I'm going to not
0: David I think <laughs> was the greatest yep. of all time.
1: There we go. I'm good with that. Because <laughs> yeah, he didn't leave us. That's right. All right. I think that's going to do it for our show today. So for our trusty producer, Andrew, reach under the table and grab this. Gross. <laughs> Don't ask
2: questions. <laughs> and my co-host, Daniel Griffey and the Three Hole Hargrove. <laughs> and Justin. That's bonkers, Domasiewicz. You've been listening to The Scrimmage.